person one loves person two guess what shenanigans ensue person one hates person two guess what still shenanigans ensue person one fake dates person two guess what you guessed it shenanigans ensue co-host one reports a co-host two the name of the show I'm Jasmine. And I'm Jane. And welcome to Shenanigans in Sue. A podcast where, ho, 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 it's time to go. <laughs> I can't. Honestly, there's so many good lines in this movie. Oh, these actors. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Each episode, we'll watch a rom-com and discuss its merits as a member of the rom-com genre. We'll cover well-worn classics, hidden gems, and everything in between. We'll give you our unsolicited opinion on every trope, caper, and flim-flam the film used, or maybe abused. And of course... The, the shenanigans! Shenanigans! <laughs> oh my gosh, and this one is truly shenanigan-filled, Ooh, y'all. Oh my goodness. Right off the bat, if you are not a fan of Hallmark-esque Christmas movies... You're not gonna like probably this. probably not the episode for you. <laughs> I, for one, love them. They're so dumb. They're so cliched and trite in the best possible way. Yeah. And this episode is the bootleg of Cinderella story, <laughs> Christmas Wish. Right off the bat, with being extra, you did not need a Cinderella story in the title. No. You could have just called it a Christmas Wish. Yeah. And then still have it pay homage yeah. to Cinderella. Because then, like, on the title, it's serving, like, oh, more Hilary Duff or something. But that's mm-hmm. not what this is. No. <laughs> it's like, we get it. Cinderella is a classic. Yes. <laughs> Just so you know where to set your expectation and vibe for this movie. Right. If we didn't already set it for you. Yes. It's nonsensically extra and we are so here for it. Are we ever? This crazy movie has <laughs> stepsisters that are again doing the most. Mm-hmm. We've got like of every Cinderella story anyone's ever done. I don't know that there's ever been quite this evil stepmother. Right? Like with the whole bait and switch. She's just cruel. It's rough. She's insane. And somehow her delivery is so amazing that I can't help but be entertained. I loved it. Plus she's serving looks. She is serving so many looks. I have a shenanigan about that later. Okay, we'll get to it. It really truly (laughs) is so hard to find a place to watch Hallmark movies, which is why we haven't been able to cover one yet. Mm. But... I really do love it. Yes, I know they're dumb. Mm -hmm. I know that they're everything Jane said. They're (laughs) way too much in every regard. But... But that's the point. Yes, that is the point. I can't watch them all the time, but it's so good sometimes. (laughs) It's why certain things are seasonal, so that you can appreciate them. Yeah. I don't want to have access to Christmas cookies year round. Then they're not special anymore. Exactly. So there is a time and place for movies like this. And now is the time. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. 
Okay, so we've given you a little idea of what to expect. So now we'll give you that plot synopsis. Yes. Aspiring singer-songwriter Kat meets aspiring band manager Nick at the Christmas village where they both work. There is an instant connection, but thanks to a work policy of never taking off your costume, their identities remain hidden. Shenanigans ensue! (laughs) Right off the bat, as a seasonal elf, I love a Santa land. This is so much fun. (laughs) It's so fun! (laughs) So many of the vibes are very accurate. Like, the very intense manager reminding you to stay in character at all times. While they are not that intense where I work, (laughs) uh, it is a very serious infraction to be caught unelfy by guests. You cannot do it. The illusion must never be broken. Lest a child's <laughs> Christmas be ruined. Truly, but like that's what's at stake. Yeah. I really did love that about this. <laughs> of all the convoluted things in this movie, this was the one that was kind of the most true to real life. Yeah. That was the most chill thing they did in this entire fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> It's so dumb, but it made me so giddy because Mm -hmm. it's just like Christmas threw up onto my screen. Yeah. They just were throwing everything at it. They really do. Oh my God. We forgot to mention that this entire film is serving full-blown musical numbers with choreography (laughs) over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm starting to realize like Christmas films have to start with musical numbers or montages. It's one or the other. We need to set the tone for what's happening. We just did the other holiday movie. That one started with the montage and voiceover. This one starts with the musical number and voiceover. Yeah. This is actually a thing for Christmas movies, I think. (laughs) And they're in high school and this is happening over literally winter break. Mm -hmm. So this entire thing is happening in like three days, four days. (laughs) I think we had a countdown board. Mm. I think I remember five days. Okay, five. It's a short period of time is the point. Yeah. This is not a drawn out thing. No, that's so silly. (laughs) Shall we hit those tropes? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We have a narration. Love that always. Mm -hmm. We've got a meet cute by A, falling over, and B, throwing a bunch of food or beverage on yourself and another person. Right, right. <laughs> Classic. We love it. We've got mistaken identity. In this case, it's like hidden identity. Ooh. Yes. And from both sides. Oh, yeah. We've got montages. So many montages. I love it. I love it. Very good use of the montage in this film. We've got a best friend. An amazing best friend. The best friend in this is actually the fairy godmother, which is so freaking fun. I love that. We've got friends to lovers. A really sweet one, actually. Yeah. Hmm. We've got the dog doing the most again. (laughs) And this dog is so stinking cute. This dog somehow does more than I think any other dog we've seen. I know. He's like a little special needs poochie, so he's got the little back leg rollers. This dog really does the most over and over again. I don't understand. (laughs) And then we've also got an amazing fake out kiss. Mm -hmm. What do you want to start with? Well, 
I know where you want to stop. I know. I'm happy to go there. I just wanted to give you an option. <laughs> That's very sweet, but like we know what's happening. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about the montages. <laughs> I think the one that I actually enjoy the most, just because of how out of pocket it is, is the stepmom seducing montage. Because it's just so unexpected. Yeah. Where the stepmom is coming up with this plot of how to seduce Mr. Wintergarden. <laughs> montage of her and the girls like going over the diaries of quote dead dad and (laughs) sending this email and looking up this picture it's just so funny oh my god it's honestly so crazy like going through this girl's dead dad stuff what a violation a huge violation and like the haphazard way they just mess with everything and steal her snow globe oh my god they steal the snow globe it's like they truly cannot stop being the most evil bunch that's ever existed in a movie yeah it's terrible in what world do they think they were going to get away with imitating the daughter right from the previous marriage i don't know that's why i find this montage so funny because of how messed up it is and like it just comes out of nowhere Mm -hmm. how did she think that this is gonna go what was her long game right (laughs) i'm so confused and like I really don't understand why these dads in these movies, if they were so amazing and wonderful, how do they end up with these awful women? Mm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that a lot. Me too. I was like, were you were you really that amazing? Or are we viewing you through your daughter's rose-tinted glasses? Right? I have to imagine that's the case because y- you chose poorly. Yeah. Anyway. What about your favorite montage? I loved the Falling in Love Christmas Village montage. Oh, right. Just like so cute. The fact that they have an insane Christmas stage that they do ridiculous choreography to. That best friend puts her damn foot in that <laughs> choreo. She is really great. So that was so fun. And like the main character having written all of the songs that they perform in the Christmas village is yeah. so stinking cute. <laughs> I think by the time we got to the second song, it was like, how is this film serving so many original songs? It's wild especially considering Kat is the only one that sings until we get that duet which comes out of nowhere that was the one thing where I was like okay cool so we understand that this is a little bit of magical realism that Mm -hmm. she's kind of singing the songs in her head because she's written them yes and then (laughs) I'm telling you everybody when I say that they cold drop you into a duet where he now knows the words in the choreo too and then also she can fly (laughs) I I don't have any words to explain this was like another cocaine fever dream that I loved because you pointed out the fact that up until this point all these songs are sort of songs she's singing to herself songs they're performing on stage she's writing them as she's walking into the house yeah it's very much like real life and the song they're just talking there's no music cue to lull you into the thing it's just like bam singing out of nowhere and like (laughs) The rules for musicals is that you sing the song because words are not enough. Yes. And when you don't follow that rule, the song feels like it doesn't fit. 
and it truly did not fit. They were not building to anything. No, but did I still love that number? Best number in the damn thing. <laughs> and all of a sudden when she started to fly, I was like, why? I guess you're doing that too. Oh, why would you do it? You know, it's so crazy. Also too, during the montage with the Christmas village, the manager who is like such a hard ass. Yeah. He's on the stage where they perform doing his own dancing yes. bit. And they're like looking at him through the little windows in the backdrop. In a full Santa suit, but not the traditional Santa suit, like yeah. a proper red suit with Santa on it. I think they're called oppo suits, if anyone's ever heard of that. The print is so chaotic. Anyone who knows Clyde Frazier, who does commentary for the New York Knicks, it's like louder than his suits. This is pajama pants material. <laughs> yes. Not suit material. That's a very good description. <laughs> pajama suit material. That's very accurate. Oh, God, I love those suits. They're so dumb. So good. I want to talk about the best friend. Yes. Because she's so great. The fairy godmother. Yes. Which I do really love that the best friend got to be the fairy godmother. But it's also very funny to me that we have this musical number where she's literally flying. But they're like, no, no, we're not going to do a fairy godmother. That would be too fantastical. That's too much. (laughs) This is where we're drawing the line. Right? That was so ridiculous. Because she's constantly like, you need a Christmas miracle. And then Mm -hmm. pulls the Christmas miracle out by pure force of will. Yeah. It was incredible. She's such a good friend. Yeah, and I do really love that she is the fairy godmother and she makes the dress for the ball and it's so beautiful and she's just so supportive. She's just a really good friend. Yes, it was so cute. And then she makes, okay, so here's here's the one thing that I was like, no way. <laughs> so she makes the dress for Kat to wear to the ball. It's gorgeous. It's based off of a dress that they saw in a window that she really loved. It's a stunning dress. Stunning. And she made a beautiful princess dress, essentially. Yeah. The evil stepsisters being evil, steal the dress and use it for her own purpose, which I don't even understand why that's allowed. Mm. Like, you just let them have the dress? And then wrecks the dress. Truly wrecks it. Sticks on a bunch of, like, random shit and just... (laughs) Oh, it looks horrible. She adds so much tool to it. It was so nice and elegant. She adds like Mm. weird ruffle sleeves. Why? Why? I don't know. It was real bad. Then this incredible best friend fairy godmother manages to basically overnight create a whole ass other dress, which is not even humanly possible. No. The custom beading. The detail. No way. Alone. She's actually magic if she pulled that off. Yes. I was going to say, unless she really is magic. (laughs) That's the only explanation. Or enlisted the help of some elves. Right. (laughs) While she's working... Two jobs. Yes. Preparing for this concert as well. I'm not buying any of that, but I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) She does say that the new dress puts the other dress to shame. And I'm like, "Mm, it doesn't really though. I actually kind of prefer the first dress. I wonder why they did that. We'll put it up and you guys can vote. We'll put it in stories. Yeah. Great. We'll have you all weigh in on the dress situation as well. (laughs) But this best friend also, how is she such a good hype woman? Right? I like to think that I hype up my friends a lot, but she's so incredible at it. It's unmatched, honestly. And the way she does it isn't overbearing and like embarrassingly cringy right and how she just encourages Kat very gently and logically to go for it with Nick yeah 
there's clearly an attraction. He's clearly into you. Like, what? What? Just go for it. <laughs> but they're like having this conversation about going for it while they're on their way to do a Santagram job. Oh, so funny. <laughs> they walk up to the house to do it, and she's standing there looking at Cat like, "You wanna get with Santa?" And she's doing a gyrating dance. And then these two old folks open the door right as she's doing that, and they go right into singing. It's delightful. Yeah, she's very intense in the best way. Love her. I do also want to say that the other best friend for the guy side is also really delightful. Yes, I enjoyed him. I think he was in To All the Boys I Loved Before. Oh. If I'm not mistaken, he looks very familiar. I think you might be right. I do feel like I recognized him as well. And I loved him in this. I thought he was so sweet. I really enjoyed him too. Very small role comparative to Isla, but he still did quite a bit with it. Yeah, he absolutely did. I felt like I truly understood who this character was, their friendship. Yeah. The way they goof was really fun. Mm. Sometimes guy dynamics can be written so bro-y. I think maybe we're getting away from that. Maybe that's more of an older trope. But I really do love that he's so supportive and they have this incredible relationship. It's just fun. Yeah. They obviously care for one another and they're not afraid to be like that. Yeah, it's really nice to see. And he wasn't opposed to one of the stepsisters. <laughs> yeah, I loved that. I mean, honestly, he's a total hottie, so she could do a lot worse. I don't know why she was being weird. Yeah, she should go for it. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing, girl? He's clearly cute and rich. Yeah. So what, what's your problem? And obviously into you. Like, what? Yeah, big help. <laughs> what is your major malfunction? Is there another trope <laughs> that you want to hit? Can we talk about the dog? Oh, yes, of course we can talk about dog. Bruno. No. <laughs> we do talk about Bruno. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, like, is it too much? No. Nope. Like, no, this movie's too much. We're going for it. We do talk about Bruno. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> freaking good Bruno. He's so sweet and he's so helpful. He's so clever. Yeah. He takes Kat directly to where the stepsister has hidden her snow globe. Mm -hmm. What a clever boy. And then he also knows that the stepmother has left the invitation letter downstairs Mm -hmm. and like sends Kat downstairs to pick it up. Yes. So that she can catch them in the act of impersonating her. And he also shows her way to hide the dress that her friend made for her under his bed. He's so good. He's such a good boy. The best boy. I was really scared when she woke up and Bruno wasn't in his bed that Bruno had died. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, no, that would have been a total vibe kill. Mm-hmm. This movie is not equipped for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> this movie did a lot of things, but it would not. This movie doesn't have the capacity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bruno is just honestly the best boy. The goodest of boys. Who helps so much, knows everything that's going on, and does it all while differently abled. We love this dog. Bless him. (laughs) The sweetest boy. I know. I think we should talk about the hidden identity Mm. or mistaken identity because it's a big part of the movie. It really is. Where they don't know 
who each other is because of this rule where they can't be out of costume, even though they have met previously. Cat mm-hmm. has this pink wig on and her elf ears in her costume, and Nick is in his Santa suit with a beard, so they don't have a idea of what the other actually looks like. Right. But they're still attraction. Right. I think they did a good job setting that up from the beginning, too, when yeah. she does spill everything all over her face and a little bit on his shoes. That was honestly very cute. Him yeah. helping her. Supporting her head. They look into each other's eyes. Yes. You can tell right off the bat. So the fact that they're literally about to go to the same job, that was one of the big things for me. You literally ran into each other 30 minutes ago <laughs> and you are now at the same job and you don't recognize each other. I know. You guys. So- Silly, especially because yes, she has elf ears on and a different wig, but you can see her whole face. Yeah, Nick, I understand a little bit more because he has the hat on and he has the beard. But she goes up to help him with the Santa suit, and they're looking quite intensely into each other's eyes. And yeah, like come on. <laughs> <laughs> if I cross paths with a stranger, I'm not gonna remember them necessarily. But y'all literally were looking in each other's eyes and like this woman just spilled a bunch of Starbucks pink drink all over her right Mm. she was covered this is a standout moment of your day yeah you're telling me you really do not recognize this woman (laughs) comically dumb and then it leads to the identities being revealed where they have the you show me yours and I show you mine yeah where he slowly starts to take off parts of his suit it's all very dramatic especially when you take the wig off and you see this beautiful luscious hair yeah <laughs> and Kat starts to take her ears off and then Nick takes his beard off I think is the sequence and she realizes who he is and I think she gets scared or embarrassed yeah. and says like no 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 I can't do it she does a really great cover yeah. when she realizes it's him I mean I would be mortified too yeah. I don't want to tell this guy oh I'm drink girl <laughs> the cover was basically she sees his face realizes who he is and then says oh this is your dad's place you can't get fired I can so yeah. I'm gonna keep my costume on good cover girl quick thinking and then it leads to a, a very sweet callback when they finish a shift I think it's the next day and Nick he says to Kat am I really only going to see what you look like at the ball right and then as she's leaving she takes off her ears and like throws it in her bag and he's like ooh living on the wild side it was just really cute (laughs) it is cute (laughs) Also, another quick shout out to Isla, who sets up that you show me yours, I'll show you mine situation by, quote, going to feed the reindeer and leaving them alone, even though there are no reindeer in the park. So funny. Very, very fun. (laughs) And then we get a call back to that line where Kat and Nick are about to kiss and Isla walks in. This is the fake out. Yeah. And then Nick says, I'm going to go feed the reindeer. Yeah, he excuses (laughs) himself with the same dumb excuse. It's very see-through. It's so funny <laughs> and you're right i just breeze past the fake out kiss no but, but that's the fake out kiss everybody kiss. it's so fun <laughs> but yeah those were i think my favorite tropes you want to skedaddle to the shenanigans let's do it shenanigans shenanigans they're so good yeah just right off the top i really do want to go back to the singing and dancing yes throughout because i think i hadn't been indoctrinated <laughs> into the movie 
<laughs> the choreo, especially on that opening number. Yeah, they really set the tone. Why? <laughs> if you watch that opening sequence and you think, God, I hate this, then like it's not the movie for you. But it is most certainly the movie for me. It was so funny. And then we have the auto tune. Oh, God. Which is so funny to me. It was so bad. Because she's supposed to be a singer. The auto tune was so aggressive. And the auto tune was so distracting. <laughs> very, very distracting. And like, on what planet does this low budget Santa land <laughs> that hires high schoolers have an auto tune function on the mics? And then also the lip syncing was really bad. Oh, it was really bad. I caught it so many times. I had to like watch slightly off their faces to not be distracted by it. It's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Despite all of this. This movie is so much fun to watch. I don't know how. I guess that's part of the charm of a movie like this is you probably should have spent more days mm. on the numbers. And so you can see the problem with a lower budget film and like the downsides of a tighter schedule. Yeah. And you get to, you can kind of see the cracks, right? But... Who cares? Yeah, it's so good. It's so dumb. But I think that that's like so important, right? I'm willing to look over so many things because all of these actors were in it to win it. That makes a big difference. And these actors weren't overacting. No. Yes, they were playing into the camp and to the style and the genre, but they weren't pushing. No. And it's kind of insane because when you think about the Cinderella story, Hilary Duff edition, those characters are also extremely stylized, extremely campy, very intense characters as well, also in it to win it acting wise. Somehow, these characters in this Christmas wish, they've been written to be even more of each caricature. Yeah. They've been written to be the most insane versions of these people they could be. The doll is all the way up. Literally no room for them to have gone any bigger. You can't. You couldn't have done it. No. no. And still, watching it, I was like, yeah, at any given moment, these are these people living in these circumstances. Exactly. Even the evilness of the stepsisters. Yeah. If I were to describe the cruelty that they put her through, mm-hmm. it, it, it should not have been fun to watch. No. They towed that line so well. Mm -hmm. To give an example of how ridiculous these characters are and yet so appropriate is we have a whole opening bit when we introduce to the quote steps because that's what Kat calls them. (laughs) How we are introduced to Deirdre is literally saying, grab my balls, grab my balls. She's talking about Christmas baubles. But this movie had so many innuendos. The grab my balls, the you show me yours the I do remember us playing doctor we should do that again yeah they really lean in you want to get with sexy Santa and what was so funny to me about all the sexual innuendos was that at the end of the movie we don't see Nick and Kat actually kiss they never kiss like they lean in and Kat covers the camera with her hand which I don't have an issue with we don't see Troy and Gabriella kiss in the first high school musical but it just feels so funny (laughs) (laughs) because we have all these sexual innuendos peppered throughout the movie with the teenagers. Why bother going that hard with the sexual stuff? Pick a lane. (laughs) It's so funny. Like, I'm perfectly okay with it either way. Like, go full in with the sexual stuff or go full in with, like, keeping it G-rated. Yeah. (laughs) It just didn't match, which is so funny. (laughs) Opening with grab my balls, grab my balls is way more intense (laughs) than just kissing for the damn camera. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. It's not just said once, you know, like a throwaway. It's said multiple times. Yes. 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> is there a shenanigan you want to talk about? Oh, my gosh. Since we talk a little bit about Deirdre's entrance, mm. I would love to talk just a little bit about her in general because oh, she yes. was so good. She was serving everything. You know, you're doing this thing that shares a name with the other film, and you're essentially the Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. But I, I for one, don't know how you can even do something comparable to her, right? Mm. But this woman is so fantastic all on her own. Yeah, and I think part of that is she didn't try to impersonate Jennifer Coolidge. She did her own thing. Yeah, it was really fun to watch. <laughs> The costume department really leaned the fuck in because <laughs> she was serving looks throughout. But the one that really stood out to me that I loved so much was at one point, Deirdre is downstairs on the couch and is waiting for Kat to come in from work. She like lulls Kat in with this false pretense of wanting to talk. They haven't talked in so long. Yeah. All I could think was, this is a trap. Don't do it. Mm. And then I realized... They literally put her in a leopard costume. (laughs) She's literally a predator at that point, Mm. physically in a leopard print. Yeah. Bringing her prey in and then attacking and ripping her to pieces emotionally. It was so intense. It was a beautiful moment of actor and costumes and scene work all together. (laughs) Everything aligning. Good catch. I didn't even notice that. I was too distracted by my anxiety because Kat looks so hopeful and it breaks my heart because you know it's coming. You can feel it. The emotional presence of the scene was already kind of living underneath it all. But yeah, that leopard print killed me. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many shenanigans with Deirdre. One of my favorite is when Mr. Wintergarden's assistant invites (laughs) her to the ball and she opens the door (laughs) in a face mask and a fluffy robe but throughout the scene she keeps disrobing to like a slinkier robe and then she opens it so you can see like her camisole underneath (laughs) why are you trying to seduce this guy i don't know i feel like she's just always on does she really think that that helps i don't know She's like, if I do this, I'll get the extra ticket. Yeah. I don't understand. It was so unnecessary, but it was delightful watching it. So funny. And then another Deirdre shenanigan is when Kat is singing this beautiful ballad in her room and stands next to the door. And I knew it was coming. I knew she was going to be interrupted in this ballad. But the way Deirdre just opens the door and pops her face in and is just serving looks. Yeah. I forgot about that. It was so dumb, and I really thought she was going to say anything. Mm -hmm. But the choice to have her just pop her head, make a face, have Kat stop singing, close the door, (laughs) and then just cut scenes, that's all any of us needed. Yeah, no line could have done better than that look. Yep. It was sufficient. Deirdre coming in hot with Mr. Winterbottom, literally (laughs) saying, maybe I'm your future wife. (laughs) That's how she introduced herself. And he was understandably incredibly confused because he's never met this woman. Right. That it's the widow of his former best friend or whatever. Because the dad's drifted apart. That's why he's never met her. That was such a weird thing. (laughs) Y'all live in the same town. How did you drift apart? Oh, no. They just recently moved back, I think, like a couple months ago. Oh, I missed that. Okay, great. Yeah. Because I was like, this is so confusing to me. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) She came in so hot, both with like, I may be your future wife, and then also saying, 
saying I may be the future mother-in-law to your son. Yeah. And like, what's happening? I know it happens sometimes, but it's a little squishy if a very good friend, you you marry their wife later. Like, Mm. why would you think that he would go for that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And if you guys get married, how do you think your kids are going to also get married when they still are literally underage? So they would live in the same household as siblings? But you want your daughters to hook up with this guy? Kind of icky. Yeah, weird. Yeah. God. And the the scene where she does actually burn the ticket, Mm -hmm. that one too... Even though it's about to be the most evil thing, this is what I mean. Like, this is a truly evil scene to yeah. burn the ticket in front of her crying. Yeah. It was heart wrenching. But also, you know, she's walking over to the dining room area, and then Deirdre just pops out from the kitchen with the ticket. And then as she's having this talk in frame, you can see a pillar in the living room that the stepdaughter has been hiding behind since she came in. So funny. She's hiding behind the pillar for dramatic effect because then the mom says something and she just pops out these choices were so funny the commitment was so good and how self-aware in a way this movie is yes because Kat's like wait what did you guys rehearse this or something like what's going on it's already so stylized to do that in the first place and we're on board but knowing that this is a dumb thing you did Mm. and calling attention to it is delightful yeah. The evil stepmother and stepsisters really chewed the scenery throughout. They were incredibly impressive. And I'm so glad that we got that scene where I did want to leave my body. Oh my gosh. Of the steps meeting Mr. Wintergarden. It just <laughs> kept going on and on. And getting more and more cringe. It was the cringiest cringe that ever cringed. (laughs) And I like a little cringe humor. And this was so bad. I literally had to text Jane while we were watching. (laughs) All caps. I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) It was just very distraught over it. The one sister, I can't remember who was who, but the one who's impersonating Kat, who has clearly just read the wiki entry of the dad and is just reciting the whole thing and keeps forgetting to call him dad or daddy or whatever. It was so uncomfortable. (laughs) And the mom correcting her every time. They're insane. That one was Joy because she had the personality online with the joy of kindness. Oh, yes. 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 Yeah. Well remembered. That one stuck out with me because she's psychotically evil. The irony. (laughs) I know. And like, girl, how truly self-unaware. And you're doing this whole ruse and you didn't think to yourself, I need to actually think about him as like my dad. (laughs) We had an entire montage of y'all preparing this entire thing and you didn't prepare that. (sighs) I think they were just focused on the facts and not the feelings. (laughs) Well, that makes sense. They don't appear to have any (laughs) so funny with the names though my only beef with this movie is that Kat's name is Kat and not another Christmas thing because we have Nick yeah so lean in all the way go with Holly or Carol or something equally Christmassy and then they could have done the fun thing where they're self-aware about it right yeah because they did the joke with Nick so they may as well have done both of them which is also the weirdest joke to make too because nobody named Dominic goes by Nick no one I know I've never heard of that maybe it's part of his secret identity maybe because his friends call him Dom and he introduces himself as Nick 
usually people just say Dom. But his dad called him Nick too. And oh. I was like, that's so weird. So then why were his friends calling him Dom? That's weird. It was very weird to me. Any Dominics out there who go by Nick? Yeah, let us know. Uh, Anyway. Oh, a shenanigan that I didn't write down, but I just remembered is why on earth one of the acts that Nick is managing <laughs> named DJ Sock Puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Out of everything. I, out of everything. And he's a normal DJ. Right. I was like, is this like a child's DJ? And I don't know what that means. Why not pay off the bit of the name then? Like have him DJ wearing a sock puppet on his hand. Like that's the whole gimmick. Right. Make it that. Why is that your name? Why did you pick that? I'm so confused. And they just cut to like a random white guy who's DJing, which could be anyone, frankly. It could be anyone. I don't I don't understand it. Yeah. This is not your government name. You don't have to pick something bizarre. <laughs> oh, if you're going to, at least make it cool. Right? I don't know. Maybe that's the vibe. Maybe mm. he's a comedy DJ. How do you comedy DJ? I don't know. I'm sure someone's tried. I'll try to find one. <laughs> <laughs> a comedy DJ? <laughs> yeah, now I want to know. My point is, like, make the bit pay off. Yeah. Because the name's definitely memorable. And I know in the grand scheme of things, this is really not important <laughs> at all. No. But it just, it just bothered me. I need answers. Silly, silly, silly. Anyway, it's okay. I'll survive. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about this party at the end? The whole movie builds to this party at the end. Oh, yes. And... <laughs> So much about this party is so insane. So it's invite only. This dude is like mad rich, owns tons of stuff in town. <laughs> they decided to hire people to do this dance number as party entertainment. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. But like sneaking Kat in, why did she not just stay hidden backstage? That's why what I wanted to know. Why climb out of that thing to climb onto the stage? Just hide in the wings hide in the wings the back and forth then with the steps trying to find her and mm -hmm. then nick trying to find her and the running around and then the big musical number because she knocks out this girl yeah. who's the sugar plum fairy <laughs> or whatever and now she's got to be the sugar plum fairy god there was so much craziness and like if cat needed to sneak in in a costume by the way mm. why did isla just walk in like it was no big deal yeah, she could have just said she's my assistant or whatever. Right. I need her to dress the dances or something. And like saving the dress for later. Where where on her person did Isla have that dress? Because she was there. Because <laughs> Kat could have hidden with the dress. She did not need to go on stage. No. Everything about this whole ending was so insane. And then to make her wear the dress for another dance number, which I love, like we're having our moment. It's one of her original songs. Mm. Loved that part of it. But again, crazy auto-tune. She's doing this brand new song that none of the dancers have ever heard before. And they're yeah. doing perfect choreography. Mm -hmm. They're not giving each other looks at all that this has been changed up. Everything is perfect in the weird half reindeer, skeletal, whatever that was. Right. I think they're the Christmas spirits. Uh, of reindeer past. Because <laughs> there were definitely horns involved. Yes. And bizarre. They're doing that thing where Kat's walking and they're each grabbing her legs. I'm not describing this very well. But you know how you sort of like float down. Oh, yeah. Towards the audience. Like the lift. Yeah. They're doing that perfectly. Zero rehearsal. Which you can't just do without rehearsal. It's dangerous. It's so dangerous. And then they just like literally lift her in the air while she's 
on her back. So she's doing like a crowd surf situation. And spinning. Who's this for? It looks yeah. great with an overhead camera, but like the audience <laughs> is looking at her being spun in circles sideways. They're just getting a flash of feet, head, feet. It was so bizarre. They also, this part killed me, is where did the audience spotlight come from? Spotlights (laughs) are handheld from the stage manager. Why is there a spotlight on Nick? Was there an elf we didn't see who snuck on stage? Like there's another spotlight on the stage spotlighting back at Nick. I don't get this. So funny. Everything about this was so bonkers and I am so grateful for all of it like I know Mm -hmm. it sounds like I'm throwing just endless shade at this scene but it's (laughs) because everyone committed and because it was already so psychotic beforehand it just fit I was like hell yeah let's go yeah you're just rolling with it this is so fun I'm filled with Christmas spirit now like this is so good (laughs) on that note We should probably, if you don't have anything else. The only other things is just how great the dad relationship was. Oh, that was sweet. Just going to maybe pop that in really quick. Yeah. They really leaned into like, yeah, these are the rich kids and some of the friends are real asshats. Mm. But this dad and this son are delightful, sweet people. Yeah. And like actually good guys. You never get to see the busy rich dad be this attentive no. to their children. We do set it up a little bit at the beginning where he's trying to tell his dad something and his dad gets a call, but his dad is shown later to be paying attention to his son and wanting him to be happy. You don't get the feeling that he is pushing anything onto Nick, but Nick is perceiving perhaps expectations from his dad which is very true to real life yeah it's not always what we see where it's just the parents shoving their dream down their child's throat which also does happen but it was refreshing to see a different kind of dynamic Mm -hmm. for sure wanting someone to take up the mantle of your empire totally get that makes sense like maybe he will come back to it maybe he won't but instead of yeah like you said pushing Mm -hmm. surprising your kid by hiring one of the bands he manages so sweet and then also doubling down with a you have a great ear you really can spot talent Mm. he's so nice yeah so lovely and how he instantly clocks Cat's situation and he's like mm, you're probably gonna want to move right? so we'll stop by getting you an apartment wow what a bro <laughs> they do drop a few little hints that this was like some insane wealthy doctor guy yeah i don't know how the mom burned through this all damn with that i couldn't figure out if she was saying it to be petty like vindictive right. or if she really had done it you know i wasn't quite clear on that i'm assuming that she really had done it and that's why she was so desperate to get married again mm, i see yeah so crazy well that was the last thing that i wanted to hit mm. because yeah what a nice dynamic to really work against the other dynamic mm. it's nice to have both <laughs> yeah all right all right so fun, fun fat fail this is a fun this for me, I'm gonna go with a new category. Oh yeah, of festive. I like that. Yeah, yeah, because it's not a good movie. No, but <laughs> I had the best time with it, and it's just so appropriate to watch this time of year. Yeah, and it just really put me into the festive mood. I wonder if like. <sighs> 
yeah, I don't know that this movie could possibly work if it didn't have Christmas involved. No, it would have been a shit show. The dynamics of everything <laughs> were so intense, mm-hmm. but that Christmassy spirit behind it really made it work. Yeah, it needed the support of all the Christmas busyness and the Christmas shenanigans for it to work. Yeah, I really, really loved it. It's not a good film. No. Please be clear, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) It's not good. But it is great. But it's wonderful. Yeah. It somehow manages to do that. Yeah. (laughs) And I do think that, yeah, it has to be its own kind of little special category because it is an enthusiastic fun for me. And I think that as far as Christmas movies go, this has got to be a must watch. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'd watch it over and over again. No. But everyone should experience this psycho mess. At least once. Like, I'm not excited to watch it again next year. Yeah. Maybe in a couple of years. Introduce it to some more people. (laughs) Or revisit it just for the fever dream. So, yeah. This is a festive fun. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. And if you're not yet in the holiday spirit, highly recommend this movie. Mm-hmm. It will be hard to not feel whimsical after watching this. Yeah. As long as you're prepared for the camp yeah. and it's heavy. But yeah, just know that that's what you're signing up for. It's delightful. Yeah. Okay. That means it's our favorite segment. Yeah. Give, Give me, me the, the cheese, please. please. Yay. Yay. <laughs> okay, let's go. Oh, boy. Three, two, one. Cinema style nacho cheese sauce. Nice. That was also on my short list. Really? Oh, nice. That's so funny. I'm pretty sure we're going to have very similar vibes. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I'll go first. So, (laughs) cinema style nacho cheese sauce. And I'm picturing like a vat of this stuff. Yes. It is synthetic. Mm -hmm. It is so over the top. Radioactive yellow. Yeah. (laughs) It should truly only be enjoyed in a particular context. It's also not particularly good for you. It's not healthy. (laughs) Who knows what kind of chemicals are in there? (laughs) This is not classy. This is not good. It's essentially empty calories. But is it divine? This is literally my whole thing. Really? It's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) But is it unapologetically true to itself? Yes, indeed. And is it delicious? Jesus, true to itself is (laughs) such an insane thing to say. And I love it. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Just like this movie. That's it. You get it. I get it. It's basically exactly my thing. Amazing. Okay, go for it. So I was going to pick a synthetic cheese sauce as well, Mm -hmm. but I changed at the last minute to cheese nips. And the reason why it's cheese nips is because if you know anything about me, Cheez-Its are basically my favorite thing. I actually cannot buy boxes of them anymore and leave them in the house because I (laughs) will eat the entire box and pretend that's a meal. They're so addictive. You cannot stop. They're very addictive. I love them. But these are the cheese nips. So they are, like this movie, the bootleg version of the original. (laughs) And... (laughs) 
That's so good. So, I don't like them as much. I'll still eat them. I've never had them. They taste exactly the same when you bite into them, mm-hmm. but they, they have like a weird bad aftertaste versus a cheese it mm. They leave a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth, like the auto-tune. <laughs> this movie was really a lot. This movie was insane. The step-siblings are psycho, and yet I'm still going to eat the entire box in one sitting. <laughs> It truly is empty calories, and I'm so happy for them. It's just, you can't help yourself. You get started, like you were saying, it's addictive, and it's delightful, and you shouldn't have done the entire thing, but I'm not going to apologize. And this movie shouldn't apologize. No, it should not. No, it knew what it was doing, Yeah, and it's in your face. It didn't try to pretend to be something that it's not. Love that done it was just it had to be a cheese nip and not the cheese it's not the honor of the cheeses yeah not quite there yet i haven't given anything a cheese it yet <laughs> so that's why this is cheese nips <laughs> oh, i love that so much <laughs> the specificity <sighs> so good yours was so specific too it wasn't any kind of cheese sauce <laughs> These were two kind of psychotic choices and explanations, mm-hmm. and that fits the tone of the movie. Love it. Totally apropos. Yeah, gosh, you guys. Well, there you have it. <sighs> this was our discussion of a Cinderella story, colon, Christmas Wish. <laughs> <laughs> the title. The title's so extra. It's so unnecessary. Let us know your thoughts on the movie. Any shenanigans we may have missed, or what cheese you think it is. You can follow us on Instagram at shenaniganzinsuepod, or you can email us at shenaniganzinsuepod at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us next time, and until then, you you dreamed dreamed it, it. now Now go go be it. it. Bye. Bye. We like the cheese. Yes. Be unapologetic. Be you. <laughs> Be your cheese. I'm really glad you liked my stupid bootleg joke. I thought it was hilarious.